Get Bible Bibles turn to Luke chapter four this morning. Luke chapter four this morning. Again, at verse number 16, let us stand. We're picking up right after Jesus was in the wilderness and he was being tempted by the Satan. And he came and uh, he was filled with the Spirit of God. And uh, they said... In verse 14, it says, And Jesus returned to the power of the Spirit of God. I, 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 I like that. In verse 16, it says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of prophet of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering the sight of the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the ministers, and they sat down, and his eyes of them were uh, in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day, is the, the, this day is the scriptures fulfilled in your ears. And all that bared him witness and wondered of the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not this Joseph's son? Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, Lord, for all that you've done. We thank you for your mercy and grace. Help us to be what we need to be this morning, Lord. Help us to stand in your will and your power, Lord, we'll give you the praise and glory and honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Uh, we have been looking at this theme for uh, a few weeks here now uh, about what did they see when they saw Jesus. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 21, is the uh, scripture said, uh, uh, Sirs, that we see Jesus. I, I wish that we'd all be able to say we see Jesus this morning. I, I wish that that's all you see is when you come here is to see Jesus. Uh, we've looked at it, several people have had what they saw when they saw Jesus. Uh, some saw him as the preeminent one, the, the high and lifted up one. Some saw him that they could, uh, one that they could play with. I pray that you do not play with Jesus this morning, for he is real. Some saw him one that uh, they could push away. Uh, I'm afraid that in the world that we live in today, they are pushing Jesus away more and more. He's costing them too much. Go away from us. Someone's. Some of them saw him as someone that could pardon them from their sins. Amen. Here Jesus has come uh, uh, back from being tempted and tempted in the wilderness, and he returns in the power of the Spirit of God. So what did these people see when they fastened their eyes on him? In verse 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach to preach to the poor, preach the deliverance. In verse 19, he says, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. They saw someone 
who preached this morning. I'm preaching on the Savior who preaches this morning. I I think this is the part of the Savior's ministry that that we've been neglecting. All of you heard about uh, Jesus' ministry. He, He came to heal, and He did heal. And He came to save, and He did save. And he came to die, and he did die. And he came to be raised from the dead, and he did rise from the grave. But can I say there was more to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ than doing all those things, just open up the blinded eyes, healing the lame legs, uh, 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 casting out devils. There's more to his ministry than all those things. But that's what we focus in on. I want to direct your mind this morning to the preaching of Jesus. One of the greatest aspects of his ministry through the gospel is everywhere he went, he preached. He was always preaching and teaching the things of God everywhere he would go. Jesus was a real preacher. People say, I, I love Jesus, but I can't stand preaching. Then I have to say, you cannot love Jesus then. There's something wrong with someone that says, I love Jesus, but I don't like the preaching of the Word of God. Jesus was a preacher, anointed with the Spirit of God to preach. Endure with the power from on high, the God-man in the flesh, preached while he walked this earth. What kind of preacher was Jesus? He's not the kind of preachers you see on TV today. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked the disciples, Whom do men say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some said thou art John the Baptist, and some said thou Elias, and some says Jeremiah, some says a prophet. Have you ever studied those guys preaching? You ever looked at Jeremiah's preaching? You ever looked at Elijah's preaching? I, I tell you, those, those preachers was not preachers that just said, hey, every day's a good day. It, it's just going to be your best day ever. No, those preachers was hardcore, finger in your face, kind of preaching. They'll tell you if you didn't get right, uh, you're going to hell. Those preachers will tell it like it is. Uh, and don't play games. Uh, they'll say, hey, you're dying and going to hell if you don't serve God. They didn't hold back their preaching. And they said, Jesus is like that. That's what they reminded. And Jesus reminded them of their preaching. Jonah. For 40 days. He was in. Jesus was 40 days in the wilderness. And came out with anointing preaching. Jonah uh, preached to a simple little message to the city of Nineveh. Yet 40 days Nineveh shall be overthrown. He preached that little eight-word message and, and thousands got right with God. It said even the animals getting sackcloth and ashes. Everybody was getting right with a little eight-word message. And what do we get today? People just want to push the preaching of God's Word away today. I'm telling you, we're living in a time and a day in the world today that we need some more hardcore preachers. 
anointed by God, not called by mama, sent by daddy. We need some more preachers that's been called by God to stand in the pulpit and proclaim the name of Jesus and tell you, hey, this is the way it is. You either get right with God and go to heaven or you reject God and you're going to hell. We got too many sugar-coating preachers today. Everything's good. Live the way you want to live. Act the way you want to live. Everybody's going to heaven. No, everybody's not going to heaven. Jesus stood up with tears in his eyes and wept over the people that he saw. He had great compassion on them, telling them what they needed. We need some preachers with one voice crying in the wilderness again today. Standing on a rock. No matter what direction the world is going in, they're going to stay with the word of God. The Lord told Ezekiel to go preach to them whether they hear you or whether they don't hear you. For that's a rebellious house. Ye shall know that they have been sent a prophet among them. In other words, he's telling judgment's coming. I'm telling you this morning, there is a day of judgment coming. God will bring back a time in your life when you was been standing in a preacher, a preacher said something to you, or somebody pointed the scriptures out to you, and you pushed away, pushed it away, and you rejected. There's going to be a time God's going to bring back to your members every time you rejected the word of God. What a day that will be. But God is so gracious to send us a preacher. What did they see when they saw him? They saw someone that preached. What do we find when we look at the Lord's preaching this morning? Let me give you some things about it and we'll go home. We find the importance of preaching I understand the world today says preachers is not importing. Preaching is not importing today. Uh, can I say it's important to God? He said in the text it was the Spirit of the Lord that has anointed him to preach. When God sent his son into this world, he didn't make him a doctor. He didn't make him a lawyer. He didn't make him a politician. God sent his son and his, his only begotten son into this world to preach and proclaim the name of God. He could have made him anything he wanted to, but he made him a preacher. God thinks it's important for us to have preaching this morning. Paul said, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but preach the gospel, not with wisdom the words, lest the cross of Christ should be made none effect. For preaching of the cross to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. For after that wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believed. What's going on this morning? You are preaching this morning.
And it blesses God's heart when God hears people preach. The world might not like it. The politicians might not like it. You may be sitting here this morning and you might not like it, but I'm telling you, it's important to God for preaching to be preached. I can't explain preaching. I don't fully understand it myself this morning. But I know this, there is something spiritual. There's something spiritual that transforms. There's an anointing of the Spirit of God. And when it happens, when a man called by God stands up and opens this blessed book and starts to expound on the Word of God and the truth of God and begins to, uh, something happens in the heart. I don't understand it. But I do realize it's important today. Paul thought it was important at the end of his life. He told Timothy, I charge ye therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at the appearing of his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and, and, and doctrine. Paul told Timothy, just keep preaching the word of God. Just do what Jesus did. Preach the word of God. Do what the prophets did. Just preach. Do what the apostles did. Just preach this morning. Just open up the book and just preach out of the book. How important did Jesus think preaching was? Jesus said in chapter 9, a man came to him and said, I will follow thee wherever thou so goest. I'll go with thee. But first... Let me go bury my father. Simple request. I'd have to say, yeah, let me go bury my father too. I've, in fact, I've had said that. But Jesus said, hey, let the dead bury the dead, but go preach the gospel to the kingdom of God. He said, hey, you need to preach. There is nothing you can do for that one right now. He's dead. He's gone. There's nothing you can do to it. But there's somebody sitting out there that needs to hear the word of God. There's somebody out there that needs help. And they need to hear the preaching of the word of God this morning. I wonder how important preaching is in your life this morning. Not just because I do it, I, 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 I'm not a great preacher, and I'm nowhere about no means a great preacher. I, I love preaching. I admire men that are called by God, stands up and preach, because it does something for my heart. It does something for my soul. I need preaching. I, I love singing. I love the singers we have. We got the top notch there are. But the main point of the ministry is the preaching of the Word of God. To get to our, and, and when I hear a preacher preach, and it pricks my heart, and sometimes when he's preaching, God gets right a hold of me, gets right down in my soul, and he says, hey, hey you've got to, got to get a hold of that. There's something going on in your life. And God just points it out through his Word and through his preaching this morning. Some of y'all could stand and say, that was, was the preaching for you. 
Word of God that got you to the altar. Word of God that penetrated your soul. Word of God that point out the things in your life that was wrong. And because of the preaching, we're all called to proclaim the name of Jesus. Well, so I, I'm a woman. I don't preach. You're right. Nobody said a woman seek the uh, office of a bishop. But he said, hey, we're all to proclaim the name of Jesus. We're all to tell people about Jesus. Where every one of us can tell about Jesus. How important is the preaching of Jesus? God thought it was real important. Just how important is it to you this morning? Not only the preaching important but also we see the irritation of his preaching can I say this his preaching irritated people so bad in the text that you look at verse number 24 it said and, and he said verily I say unto you no prophet except in his own country but I tell you the truth many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias and when the heavens were shut up three years and six months when great famine throughout all the land but unto, unto none of them was Elias sent to save the uh, uh, Sarapin a city of Saradon a young woman who was a widow you know, they were catching all what Jesus was saying. You might not catch what he was saying, but they caught what Jesus was saying. He was saying uh, that this, what, this is what made them mad. First, what made them mad, that woman that Elias was sent was a Gentile woman. We understand how they felt about the Gentiles. And second, she was in famine and she was hungry. Jesus was telling the people, you're just the same way. You are hungry. You are needing something. Uh, you are full of bread, but you got the wrong kind of bread. You need the spiritual bread in your life. We get full on the things outside of here. But when we get to the house of God, we don't want the spiritual things of God in our life anymore. We need the real bread from heaven this morning. Amen. In verse 27, he said, and likened them to a Gentile, a leper, who was filthy. And many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elias, the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, saving Naaman, the Syrian. And all they did in that synagogue, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. I would say they were, they were irritated with Jesus. And they rose up and thrust him out of the city, and they led him out of the brow of the hill. Where, where, where on their own city they built, they had mighty cast him down headlong. They, they were about ready to get rid of Jesus because of his preaching irritating him. They were about ready to stone him, about ready to get him out. Verse 30 says, but he passing through the midst of them where they couldn't find him. Do you realize in Jesus' ministry, three times he preached, they wanted to kill him. Three times he preached, they wanted to kill him before he went to Calvary. He went to the Pharisees and preached to the Pharisees and told them, you're of your father, the devil. That would make me mad too. That would irritate me too. They, they picked up rocks and they were about ready to throw them at him. 
In John chapter 10, he was preaching to them again. He said to them, got them irritated. But he escaped again. If Jesus preached like preachers today, he would never have been crucified. It wasn't the miracles that crucify him. It wasn't the healing that crucified him. It wasn't the raising of the dead that crucified him. What crucified him there, his preaching irritated them. I know if he'd done the miracles, and that's all he did, nobody would have said a thing. Nobody would have done nothing. They would have left him alone. If all of his did was just heal people, and I, they wouldn't have said a word to him. Oh, you just go around healing everybody you want to go. Just go ahead and do that. They would have left him alone. But when he got right in their face and pointed that finger at him and says, You are a sinner. You are of your father, the devil. It irritate them. It irritate them so bad they want to kill him. You might be sitting here this morning and say, Preacher, your preaching is irritating me. Good. Good. Do something about it. Can I say this? If Jesus irritated them, they had two choices to do. They could get correct and get right or reject him. And I'm telling you the same thing today. It's the same message. It might be irritating you, but you got two things to do with it. You either accept and get right or reject it and walk away. That's your choice. That's not my choice. Because I love preaching. I love preaching. I, I'm not the goodest, best preacher there is, but I love preaching. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm not one of those that has those words, uh, them $100 words. I don't My words are like 50-cent words. Amen. I'm just telling you. Just 50-cent words is all I have. I, I, I like that glory preaching. I thank God for the sweet preaching. Uh, that cotton candy ice cream preaching. But every once in a while, I like preaching that gets me. Yes, sir. That arrow pre pierces my heart. Uh, and it gets me right. and gets me to thinking something's wrong. And God is trying to deal with me. God is trying to get me to move. God is trying to say something. I need that because the Bible. God is right. I need this out of my life because God is right. Three times in the ministry, Lord, that is what Jesus did over and over and over. They wanted to kill him because of his preaching. You say, why would he make them mad? He said, except ye repent, ye likewise shall perish. Hmm. That's the same message today. It has not changed. Unless you repent, you shall likewise perish. Unless you come to God, hell will be your home. That's the same message he preached then. It's the same message we preach today. He said there was a certain rich man with clothes and purple, fine linen, 
Fair-sumptually. Every day when he, he died, he lifted his eyes up in hell. Being tormented. That kind of preaching irritated the people around him that they wanted to kill him because of it. They preached that way so much that they finally says, I've had it. I don't want no more of this. Go away. I find that a lot of people don't like my preaching either. Because they've said, I've had it. Don't like it. I'm going away. Because they didn't tell me to go away. I'm going away. Amen. I'm just laying it to you. This is what the Word of God says. You've got to receive it or you reject it. That's on you. Hey, don't, don't, hey, don't be sitting here and get stand in front of God and on judgment day say, well, nobody told me about this. Hey, hey, hey. He's going to bring it back to your mind. Says, hey, brother Jimmy up there preaching his heart out, ranting, raving, spitting, snorting, everything else. He told you then. Get right with God and repent lest you likewise perish. What did you do with it? Well, that, that just got me all riled up. That, 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 that just, uh, uh, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's going to work. You say, why are you preaching like, I'm trying to help you. I, I, I preached a funeral yesterday of my friend for over 50 years, and he was right with God. I know he was right with God. He came here. He was right with God. If it hadn't been, I would have been upset. Because I would have never told him about Christ. I'm telling you. Unless you repent, you shall likewise perish. The same preaching that Jesus preached is the same preaching we need today. It may irritate you. You say, preach this morning. That bothers me. It should bother you. The message is still the same. He preached the word, worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. The message is still the same today. Except you come to Christ, you're going to wind up in hell all eternity. It's that kind of stuff that bothers people's preaching today. You, you, anybody have been around, been around a fire truck when the sirens go off? Yeah. I mean, and you're standing beside this truck, and it's going on, and it ain't going nowhere. You just, why don't you shut up? You're irritating me. You're getting under my skin. Why don't you just quit? That's what preaching should do. That's what preaching should do. Get under your skin. Get, get down in your heart. Tell you, hey, hey, there's a day coming. You can't stop that day. You can't roll it back. You can't say, hey, hey, give me a do-over. I need another chance. It's a day coming in your life that you're going to have to give an account for what the preaching said to you this morning. You can reject it or you can do something about it this morning. Amen.
Listen, I wasn't called to serve you muffins. I wasn't called to tip throw to the tulips either. I was called to lift my voice and let sinners know there's a hell coming. There's a judgment coming. But Jesus saves. Jesus died to take your sin away. It's supposed to be loud. That's the kind of preaching Jesus did. Some of you are saying, I wish you would shut up. You're getting me under my skin. You're irritating me. Good. It's supposed to bother you. Supposed to get under your skin. Supposed to hit your heart. I've had people say, well, I had to wear steel-toed boots in here today because you stepped all over my toes, and I missed the mark. I missed the mark. I'm aiming at your heart. I'm aiming at your heart. His preaching irritated people. I thank God for irritating preachers. I know a few. Preaching that bothers you. When you lay down at night, preaching that prompts you and pushes you and picks at you all night. If Jesus' preaching gets a hold of you, you don't want to go back to the old lifestyle that you lived. The lifestyle that you walked before. The woman in adultery. What did he say to her? Go and sin no more. Jesus wouldn't hang out with this crowd today that we live with. If it makes you happy, just do it. Jesus said, God in the beginning made them male and female. That's the way God planned it, and that is God's plan this morning. God doesn't want anything changing His plan. I blame the parents in this country today the way their kids are being raised and taught because they're not in the church of the house of God. Being taught, they haven't been taught the Word of God. They haven't been taught the things of God. So now their kids are doing what they want to do. It'll get you right in your life. You say, well, preacher, his preaching irritates me. What, what, what am I supposed to do? Well, his preaching always had an invitation. I, I love this at the end of his messages. He was always given an invitation. He was always compelling them to come. He was always telling them that you don't have to leave the same way you came. Matthew 11, Jesus preached on hell and told him, hey, there's a hell coming. He said, throughout Capernaum, there are exalted into heavens shall be brought down to hell for the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom. It would refrain unto this day, but I say unto you that this shall be no more tolerable in the land of Sodom in the day of judgment for thee. He was telling them hell's coming. You got to get right. And then he always said, he says, come unto me all you labor and heavy laden. 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. If you're a sinner today, he's got water. If you're a beggar today, he's got bread. If you're poor in spirit, he's got rich in grace and mercy. Just come to him this morning. You want to read a message that will shake you to the core? Read Matthew chapter 23. Jesus doesn't hold anything back. He's looking at Pharisees. He's got his finger in Pharisees and calling them all kinds of things. Uh, he says, you're white on the outside looking good, but inside you end up with dead bones. He says, you're the father, the serpent, the devil. He, he didn't hold back in Matthew chapter 23. He said, you strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. He said, you block the way to heaven for people. You blind guides. You serpents. You generations of vipers. He, held, he didn't hold back in Matthew 23. How can you escape the damnation of hell? He calls them snakes and hypocrites. It's like he was trying to get them mad, get them irritated. But at the end of the message, he cried in tears running down his face. and said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophet and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen gather her chicks under the wings, and you would not. He's given the invitation to him. He doesn't preach the way he preached to leave him the way he is. He says there's a way to escape. There's a way out of it. Jesus said in the last days, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood crying, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. If any hunger, come unto me. That's still the invitation today. It's not changed. I'm standing here this morning in Christ's stead, giving you the same invitation that Christ gave. Don't leave like you came this morning. Come and repent. If you got burdens, bring them to Christ. If you got heartaches, you bring them to Christ. If you got sin, bring them to Christ. He still stands with his arms wide open, saying, Come, come this morning. Come this morning. The invitation is still the same. The message has not changed. But the invitation is still here today. If you ain't right with him, you can get right. Don't, don't be like some and just push him away. Don't be like some, just play with him. Say, hey, I'll wait another day. I've had people tell me, you know what? I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I understand. I believe what you're saying. 
I, I really truly believe what you're saying, but not today. Not today. I, I'd have to say, if you say, well, not today, what day do you have planned? Because God might not deal with you another day. He might not deal with your heart another day. You might reject Him today and say, well, I'll wait till tomorrow. I know some people tomorrow never came. Never came. Why are you saying that, preacher? Because I'm just telling you. I don't want you to die and go to hell. Hell is real. Heaven is real. You got to choose. I can't. I wish I could choose. I wish I could make everybody come to the altar and give your heart to God. I wish I could. But I can't. You have to give your heart to Him. So let us stand.